How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jancy. Tim, how are you, sir? Uh, feeling a lot better than last week, that's for sure. Oh, yeah? uh, I'll you... try not to be coughing through the mic. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, but you were saying off-air that your cold sort of came to a head here on Friday. Yeah, it was so bad I had to miss work. Like, well, I went in. I uh, tried working for an hour, and then it was just like, oh, this fu- this isn't fucking happening. Yeah, that's like a co-worker of mine this past week. He showed up at work, maybe worked half hour to an hour, and my boss is just like, look, I'll just call Taylor. He'll cover you. Yeah, and it's like, uh, remember back in high school, like, if a test, did, you had like a test on a day with the cold, you never did as well? Honestly, no, because I was never really that sick throughout high school. Yeah, there are a few times where I had just like, brutal head colds and I like they were never the best assignments because he couldn't really focus right and it was just one of those days and like uh like my job it's a lot of math and analysis mm-hmm. so it's like if if your brain's not in it there's no point even being there yeah but that's like anything in life though Tim mm-hmm. so Tim this is actually a very special episode because not only are we talking about the global series we are also recording on a Sunday night instead of a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Now, I and will just... That? Well, I'll tell you why, Tim. Because <laughs> I have to cover a co-worker of mine, his shift tomorrow, and he's covering me on Thursday, for an undisclosed reason, which I will talk about on next week's episode. Okay. And I guess the day in lieu also, like the Remembrance Day day in lieu probably messed up the schedules a bit, too. Actually, it wasn't too bad because... Really? Yeah, because it was just on a Saturday, so it was all good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Never, lest we forget. So, Tim, did you get a chance to listen to last week's episode? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah? Uh, without maybe a few less sound clips, but... I was going to ask, what, what did you think of the sound clips? I thought they worked for what I used them for. I think they worked, but you know I'm a bit more uh, minimalistic when it comes to that sort of thing. Right. But that could just be uh, Tim Lake's talk radio. Yeah, that's true. But I felt the reason why I included the clips is because I just felt it was kind of funny to add them in. Yeah, I think it's fine. Actually, I did like the Simpsons ones. Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah. Well, you can never really go wrong with those. No, absolutely not. (laughs) But I felt like it was just one of the episodes that we're probably the most keyed into. I thought so. I finally finished it earlier today, just so we can talk about it tonight. And yeah, I felt it was pretty decent for what we got out of it. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, I've, it's I think it's one of our more listened to episodes already. I believe the episode that came before it, I think it topped out at 15 on SoundCloud. Yeah. But oh. I do have to mention, Tim, that we got seven new listen or seven new followers on Twitter after that episode <laughs> dropped. So thanks. we're doing something, right? Yeah, thanks, Pardon Family. So, Tim, it's been... Just under a week since we last talked, so I gotta ask, how was your week? Um, mostly just sick. Yeah, so I didn't really do all that much. Oh, well that sucks. Yeah, it's just, uh, you don't really feel like doing anything when it's just like a pervasive sore throat, headache, and not feeling a nausea. Yeah. Or as I <laughs> call it, a Sunday I'm morning. I'm better now, so. Way she goes. Fuck, way she goes, boys. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, while I am happy that you're getting over your illness, 
let me tell you about my week because I got a Canadian Tire story to tell. Oh boy. Yeah, so, as you recall a few episodes back, I was talking about that I recently purchased a new vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go to Canadian Tire to get a spare key made because, well, it's just a smart idea to do that, Tim. Uh-huh. And so I walk in and I say, hey, how you doing? Lady behind the counter, she was sort of sarcastic. She's like, yeah, and this is that, you know, one of those oh, kind of people. no. Yeah, it's not the person that bothered me. It was that I gave her my key, and she asked me, oh, is it a chip key? And I says, no. Not really knowing what she was talking about. So she put it in the little slot to make sure it was, and it was a chipped key. Mm -hmm. And so she told me it would have cost me 90 bucks to get a spare made, and there's no guarantee it would have worked. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, and so... Which leads me into the second story of this week. I was actually heading down to Victoria yesterday morning to pick up my car because my dad was having a look and just making sure everything was all good to go because he hadn't got a chance to have a look at it since I'd purchased it because he's been pretty busy at work. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going down to Victoria. Now, you know Victoria pretty well, I imagine, Tim. Yeah, decently well. I lived there for a few years. Yeah. So I'm coming down the highway and I'm coming up towards the intersection of TransCanada and if you turn left, it would be Mackenzie. If you turn right, it's like Admirals. Oh, you mean the war zone? Yeah, exactly. So I'm coming up towards there. There's a guy in a shitty Chevy S10 riding my ass in the fast lane because I'm going around this one guy. So I get out of the fast lane into the slow lane and he just guns it right through three vehicles. Goddamn. Yeah, it's like the guy had watched The Fast and the Furious the night before. and was like, fuck it, I could probably do that. Yeah, no kidding. And so this stupid motherfucker nearly runs me off the goddamn road. And, you know, and you gotta understand, I'm driving my dad's truck. He drives a Toyota Tacoma. He's driving an S10. My truck, the truck is higher than his. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know, <clears throat> stupid motherfuckers out there, man, I tell ya. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that I did get my car and happy to know everything's all good to go. But that's good. That's good. Yeah. You know what's also good, Tim? Uh-huh. Me segueing into a, this little topic I like to call Top of the Hour. So, Tim, much like the games this week, we don't have a whole lot to talk about on Top of the Hour. We have Sweden to talk about later. That's we do. a lot. <laughs> we do. To start off Top of the Hour... Uh, we just got to give a really quick shout-out to the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2017 that was officially inducted this past week. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you want to hear more our thoughts more on uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, check out our Hall of Fame wishlist episode that we released over the summer. Mm-hmm. That was actually a really good one. I was very happy with it. Yeah. So, it's uh, interesting because apparently uh, Paul Correa hasn't actually skated since uh, he gave up hockey, and he'll be playing in the induction game. I just read an hour ago that he had just spoken to Scott Stevens for the first time since the hit in the 2003 Finals. Oh, wow. Next story we've got to talk about the Boston Bruins and Chicago Blackhawks. The announcement came out they will play in the 2019 Winter Classic at Notre Dame Stadium. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the outdoor games, Tim? I think the NHL is running it into the ground. Now, keep in mind, I am going to an outdoor game in just over four weeks here. 
Um, why do you say they're running them into the ground? Well, because, like, it was a cool novelty when they first came out and when it first happened in 2003 with the Oilers and Habs, but then every year you get at least three or four games outside every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, so they're really, uh, the novelty is really wearing off. Yeah, and the Senators have already been in two? No, Ottawa hasn't been in any of them yet. Sorry, well, they've had two outdoor... Weren't they in an outdoor game against uh, Vancouver? That's true. I wouldn't necessarily call that an outdoor game because it was in a dome stadium. Yeah, I guess. Speaking of teams that were in Winter Classics, or should I say outdoor games, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks... Or, sorry, Anaheim Ducks. Sorry, man, I still got Paul Cree on the mind. <laughs> Ryan Getzloff will miss two weeks after going facial surgery to replace his broken cheekbone. Jeez, that Anima- that Anaheim team is starting to kind of have the same luck of that uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team from a few years ago. Yeah, and Anaheim's uh, not getting younger, man. Like, their core of Perry and Getzlaff, like, they're in their 30s already. Mm-hmm. They're still great players. But, uh, yeah, they're- but the big thing is, is this Anaheim team with, uh, I think, Perry, Getzlaff, Kessler. Who else is out? Ah, that's a good question. I don't know, to be quite honest with you. Because that Columbus Blue Jackets team I was alluding to, uh, I think they had, once you calculated all the injuries they faced that year, right? they had like two seasons worth of man, two seasons worth of man injuries in one season. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, it was like 160-some player games of injuries. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and a lot of people said it was a disappointing season for them because they missed the playoffs on talent, but they probably missed it just due to the ins- absurd amount of injuries they faced. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, we only have one real juicy story to talk about this week, and it is this one. The KHL is considering a boycott of the upcoming Olympics. KHL President Dmitry Shernsenko suggested that the league will withdraw its players in protest of doping investigations into Russian athletes. But... These doping investigations are well-deserved. Like, uh, over the past, even past three Olympic Games, uh, several Russians have had their uh, medals revoked due to doping violations. Yeah, well, when I first read the story, I thought it was because of the NHLers not going to the Olympics in 2018. Mm-hmm. But then again, I, I don't imagine that would be a real reason for the KHL to hold their players back, because then all of a sudden... The KHL players are the best players on the ice. Exactly. Now, I was talking to my dad yesterday about this, and I said, you know, why can't the NHL and KHL just get together, put the best players from each league on a team, and play in a big tournament? Sort of like a like a Summit Series, almost. Mm-hmm. Well, the KHL players would get murdered. Well, I don't know, man. Some of those KHL players are pretty damn good. I don't know, but I think there's just... Outside of, like, Pavel Datsuk and uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, there is a pretty huge skill gap. Like, Jim. think of, like, Brian Burchensky uh, couldn't cut it as an Ottawa sender, but uh, goes and has a, an extremely fruitful career in the K. Well, you're also forgetting the fruitful career of Vadim Shipakoinov, too. <laughs> Although I think that one was more... Adam wasn't really given a chance more so than his actual talent level. Did you see the George McPhee quote that came out he says that he was the worst center on the team yeah 
Damn, talk about throwing some shade, eh? Yeah, but then again, no matter what, that doesn't look good on him, on McPhee, because, like, either he didn't know, and his, like, this came as a surprise, and his scouts are bad, or this was known, but why are you giving him a $4 million contract? Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just digging the hole a bit deeper there. Yeah. Roberto Luongo moved into fourth place all-time in wins with 455 this week. Nice. Now, I can't remember what episode it was that we talked about him on top of the hour where he tied. He was tied for fourth overall. Mm-hmm. Was that a couple... Was that two, three episodes ago? Two or three, yeah. Yeah, because he was on... And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he on injury reserved as well? He might have been. Yeah? Okay. Can't remember. Speaking of former Vancouver Canucks, Tim, ESPN sports reporter, or sorry, ESPN sports business reporter Darren Rovell tweeted a photo of a handwritten version of Mark Messier's contract with the Vancouver Canucks. Certain you said perks- we were only going to get one juicy story. This is a juicer. Can I continue? Yeah. Come on, Tim. Look, to quote the great poet over time, Jackson Brown, I'm running on empty, bud. I stayed up until two thirty this morning watching games for her today. God, give me, give me a break, eh? <laughs> Going back to what I was saying, sir, some perks included a guaranteed luxury box and tickets to each home game, which I mean that's not really a perk. I mean every NHLer has that, except for the guaranteed luxury luxury box. Uh, the Canucks would pay up to three thousand dollars for a corporate apartment in Vancouver. Now, do you remember what I said to you earlier about this, Tim? Yeah, like nowadays, that'd buy you a shoebox. Oh yeah, three grand in Vancouver won't get you shit. You know what's freaking weird about that three k rent for a three bedroom in Vancouver? What's that? His contract also stipulated that Messier would live in Washington State. Really? Yeah. So what's the point of this apartment? I don't know. I mean, granted, if Vancouver's going to pay that, and that's in Canadian currency, that's not in U.S. currency. Hmm. I mean, let's see, he signed 97, I'm trying to remember, yeah, 70 cents on the dollar? Yeah. Also, uh, one last thing, Uh, Messier also received a phantom stock in the team, which valued at $18 million. Now, I mentioned to you this earlier today, I said, do you recall when Mark Messier sued the Canucks for $18 million, and I have a funny feeling this is why, because he didn't get paid that $18 million. Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, about five years back, the Aquilini group moved to take uh, more full control of the Canucks organization. Yeah, was, like that was just an, a freaking weird situation. Yeah, and I mean, and I've not, I've been pretty honest here. I mean, I grew up a Vancouver Canucks fan as a kid, and Mark Messi in Vancouver was arguably one of the most hated players on the team. And so a few years back when he ended up suing the Canucks, that just drove the Canucks' hatred for Mark Messier even further. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like just not only was Mark Messier, he didn't he kind of didn't live up to expectations. Uh, the fact that Trevor Linden was gone and apparent Messier was the reason that, uh, Pav, that uh, Yari Curry left. Yari Probably Curry. just puts more salt salt in the wound. Yeah, Curry didn't play for Vancouver, though. Oh, wait, oh who am I thinking? Pavel Bure, sorry. No, it was uh, Linden. Linden. Well, Linden got traded. 
That's true, but uh, I recall Trevor and Mike Keenan didn't get along in Vancouver. But mm-hmm. Messi's big thing in Vancouver was that he demanded to wear number 11, which the Canucks have unofficially retired for Wayne Mackey, who died in a car accident in 1974. Sort of like what the Canucks did for Luke Bourdon in the number 28. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so the Canucks hated him for that, and they hated him for the fact that Trevor Linden gave up his captaincy to Messier, and he later stated that was a re- he regretted it because he was so toxic in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's just been rumors swirling around, like, what, how exactly he was toxic in that locker room ever since. Yeah. Although Marcus Naslin, who later became Canucks captain, said he was the one person who was instrumental in him developing into a captain. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. He never exactly said how he was instrumental. That's true. So, Tim, on last week's episode, we discussed the Matthew Shade trade. Ooh. It was a good one. It was a good one. Now... I do have to point out that I thought by breaking the story last week, we were going to get some bragging rights on the show. <laughs> we didn't, though, because Trevor Shackles was the first Sense podcaster to record an episode about the Matthew Shane trade. Dang. Now, did you happen to see our, or should I say our show's Twitter exchange with him about this? Uh, no, I didn't. I posted a tweet up after the episode came out, and I said... It turns out, I can't remember how the tweet went. I think it went something like, I believe that we no longer have the bragging rights because Trevor Shackles is the one who broke it first. Yeah. And I asked, told Trevor, I said, you know, maybe we, we can go double or nothing on who could be the first one to talk about Matt Machine's first games as, bank, as a senator. <laughs> he said, no, you guys are probably... Yeah. Not to be outdone, though, Tim... TSN and Sportsnet really came to this idea that the Matt Duchesne deal was not really that big of a deal. And they made a bigger deal out of the injury of Austin Matthews. Jeez. <laughs> like, like, the way they Oh, were Jesus, about guys, it. I know the world's coming to fucking end. Austin Matthews got hurt. Blah, 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 blah. Like, fuck off, TSN. Well, he played that night. Like, the worst thing is, is he played that Monday. Maybe he shouldn't have, but... Yeah. But what really disappointed me, Tim, was that I was going to include the clip of Stone Cold Steve Austin getting run over my car, but a certain somebody decided to say, hey. no, maybe we, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. But... I feel, I feel, I stand by that editorial decision. Okay. Although I did say that if Austin Matthews and Tyson Berry ever get into a fight, I'm including the Stone Cold Steve Austin Mike Tyson clip. That's fair, that's fair. That is fair. Alright. Yeah, it's not a whole lot to talk about on this one, eh? No, but we do get to go international. We do. Now, we gotta talk about tonight's games. Now, we got two games on the... on the Two games we gotta talk about. The back-to-back with the Colorado Avalanche at the Ericsson Globe in Stockholm, Sweden. Now, did you know now- that the Globe itself... The elevators on the side of the arena is for the alignment of the Earth? Well, to be fair, 
from watching both those games, the announcers who uh, honestly were pretty bored with themselves mentioned like that fact and all the other uh, astrological nature of the building in very repetitive, gory detail. I think Bonk's Mullet put it up on his Twitter and he said that the announcers sound like he's constipated. I think the best one was... Uh, I forget who posted it. I don't think it was Sense Trip, but it's like the announce the, the announcer for the first game, and like this guy, he sounded like one of those old NHL video game announcers where they had so little space for commentary that they would insert a wrong sounding name just to save space. Yeah, the goal was scored by Alfredson. Jeez. It was like talking like that. Yeah. But All right. Before we get to the games. Did you get a chance to go around Stockholm with uh, Senator's tour guide, Frederick Clayson? I did not. So basically, uh, what Clayson did was he was walking around uh, Stockholm showing uh, TSN reporters and uh, the son's Bruce Garriock around uh, Stockholm, his hometown. I did not see this clip. <clears throat> yeah, and what was cool is like... Uh, not only did he kind of take you around uh, some of the major sites in Stockholm, including uh, a giant fountain with a statue of uh, Gustav Adolphus, uh, Swedish emperor. He also had a lot of, uh, a, a few personal stories about uh, Frederick Clayson growing up and playing hockey in Stockholm. Nice. Uh, including that, I think, like Eric Carlson, he initially wanted to play goalie. Right. But the, ge the gear was too cold, so he had enough of that. <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah, and then uh, he was also pointing out places where, like, he he uh, played early minor hockey tournaments, and uh, he pointed out another specific statue that it has a specific likeness. Do you have any idea what it might, what Freddie Clayson like might have taken from that statue? His hair? No, his iconic goal celebration. Really? Yeah. So there was a. I think it was a Swedish League Two game. He was playing against the the local ri his team's local rival, and they're playing next to the building with a statue doing like the hands up victory thing. And he scored a goal. He's just like, oh, I think I'll look like that statue. Nice. So he did. So it's kind of like Alex Burrows, how he did the bow and arrow like Luke Bourdon did. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet, man. Now, one thing I got to point out, Tim, before we go into talking about tonight's games, I did find that tweet that we sent to Trevor, and the tweet went like, "Despite our effort, it appear despite our efforts, it it appears that at Shaq TS beat us to the punch on releasing a podcast on the Matthew Shane deal. However, we lack bragging rights on the matter. We we make up for it in overall giddiness." <laughs> Trevor responded, he goes, ha, 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 can still go for it. And I said, we can go double or nothing on who will be the first to talk about Duchesne's first couple of games. He responded, eh, you'll win that. <laughs> Fair enough. And you know what, Tim? He's absolutely right. Hit Is that the music. why we're recording on Sunday? Yup. <laughs> Hit the music. That's a different clip. Oh, I know. It's such a great clip, eh? Gotta love some Swedish mm -hmm. Mafia. So, Tim, it's time to go on to talking about the first game we got to talk about tonight. And that game, of course, is 
the Ottawa Senators versus the Colorado Avalanche at the Ericsson Globe in Stockholm, Sweden. This was a 4-3 Senators overtime victory. Sens' goals were scored by Freddie Clayson, Mark Stone, who scored two, Chris DiDomenico. Avalanche goals were scored by Neil Yakupov, Blake Como, and Nathan McKinnon. Shots were 32-19 Ottawa. A fast-paced start by Colorado, outplaying Ottawa early. Ottawa would later level the playing field, and it would fluctuate throughout the game. Goals were back and forth, but with Yakupov making it 1-0, Clayson 1-1, Stone 2-1, Como 2-2, Dio, Dido 3-2, Nathan McKinnon 3-3, and Mark Stone with the OT winner. Overall, I also thought the goaltending looked solid, despite the multiple goals by both teams. Mm-hmm. Now, before we go on to actually talking about this, we've got to ma- make a mention to the most of obvious boobies. thing about The Anthem singer wore a see-through dress and didn't wear a bra. Now, look, I understand Sweden's <laughs> views on sexuality and all of that is a little more lax than North Americans. But when you mentioned that you were home, you were at home watching the game, all I can imagine was you just dimming the lights... And listening to. I have a girlfriend. She was what? She wasn't home. Yeah, she was. Oh. Well, that must have been awkward. Yeah, especially with the music. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it was just like you're sitting there. Expecting to watch a hockey game, and then all of a sudden, this woman, she just walks out in a hockey arena with her tit- with her breasts clearly visible, and you're just like, okay, this this is happening. And then my first response wasn't to look away or just not give a shit. It was, what's Twitter's reaction to this? And I think it was summed Tim, up best as... you sound like you're as- blushing right now. Pardon? You sound like you're blushing. Oh, you're terrible. But, like, the best thing was is since Twitter can be easily summed up as have they ever seen a booby before? Tim, that's what you sound like right now. <laughs> well, it was, it was actually kind of funny. Everyone's just like, what the hell? Or, lol, sweet it is. Just, okay, so this happened. She was actually yeah. a pretty good anthem singer, though, all things considered. I agree. Now, for all you Colorado Avalanche fans out there, Peter Forsberg dropped the ceremonial first puck. Honestly, I looked at Peter Forsberg and I just went, so this is what Eric Carlson's going to look like in 20 years. I don't know. I was sitting there like, do you think Matt Duchesne is staring a laser through the back of his head? Oh, probably. So, And that's where we're going to start right now. Now, Matt Duchesne, this was his debut as an Ottawa Senator. Overall, I thought it was a pretty unnoticeable... First couple of periods for Matt, but I did feel that he got better as the game went on. I think it was unnoticeable in a good way. Because whenever he was on the ice, he was doing something. It was like, good reads, no mistakes. He might have been forcing things a little, though. I thought so. And you have to admit, that's got to be a freaking weird game for him. Yeah, I mean, he goes from being traded on Sunday, he flies to Sweden... And he plays his first game against his old team. Mm-hmm. Like, I I can't imagine anyone doing that well in that situation. 
No, I can't see it either. But uh, if the permanent lineup is uh, Duchesne, Hoffman, Smith, I think we're going to see some good things. Oh, absolutely. Because that was a very strong line in both games. Yeah. Let's talk about Mark Stone, because I felt he was Ottawa's best player in this game with a couple of goals. Not to be outdone, though, I thought Freddie Clayson also looked really sharp out there. Actually, I think all of the Swedish players looked awesome. Yeah, I could agree with that. Like, uh, Carlson, like, the fact is we'll hear Carlson from Stone a lot this weekend. Oh, I hope so, man. And, like, <clears throat> I can't remember if it's this game or the other, the next game with uh, <coughs> Stone Spinorama in the crease. Oh, I know, that's such a nice goal. Now, one thing I did notice during the telecast was Jamie McLennan had mentioned Johnny Oduya is a nice signing for Ottawa. I wrote in my notes, clearly he does not read Sen's Twitter or listen to Sen's podcasts. No, although Johnny Oduya looked a lot better. He did. But I think Johnny Oduya looks a lot better when he's not playing a regular shift. Yeah. And I really like the Sens going 11 forwards, 7 defensemen. I like it as long as they're winning. True, but I think it's uh, 7, like, the defense in modern hockey looks like it's going to be so much important. Like, it always has been the source of transition, but given that it's a speed-based north-south game, yeah, having fresh defensemen is just essential. Mm-hmm. Did you notice during this game, whenever somebody hit another player into the board or the puck bounced off. It sounded like like that. You could really hear it. Yeah, it sounded way cooler than it should have been. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird. One thing I noticed is like, yeah, like for that first 10 minutes or so, Ottawa just, they were flat. Yeah, it was very noticeable. Yeah, and that Yakup, the Yakupov goal kind of woke everyone up. But yeah. afternoon hockey's just bad. It is. However, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was, what, 7 o'clock in Sweden at that time? Yeah, but it's still, like, for them, it's like 1 p.m. Eastern. Although, I guess they've been there for a week, so hopefully they... Yeah, which I thought was a really nice thing to do is fly them in, give them a couple of days to settle in, and then play the games. Well, I like... I think I prefer when they did the Europe series in... uh, 2008 when uh, they had four teams go over. uh, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, and then I think it was Tampa and Philly? Yeah, I can't remember. It was Tampa and someone. But uh, they played their first two games of the season so that the acclimatization time was during the preseason. Right. I think that worked out a little better even though the Sens weren't very good that year. Yeah. But that was more so uh, lead goaltender Alex Ald. <sighs> Ouch. Yeah. Now let's but, talk, uh, actually talk about somebody who's actually elite. Him, Eric Carlson. He goes goes back, picks up the puck, skates into the zone, drops it off to Derek Brizard, who feathers it to Mark Stone, who scores. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, and another player who's been excellent for the Senators, and I've been saying this like like every 
every week it surprises me just how good of a player Chris DiDomenico actually is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's playing with found money. It is. And they mentioned that on Twitter, too. Yeah, and it's... Like, his goal was just... He was hard on every puck, like, separating... Like, if DiDomenico was on the ice, you knew a Colorado Avalanche player was about to get separated from the puck. Yeah. And that sec, that third goal was just hard work by DiDomenico. Oh, absolutely. Now, Tim, I got nothing more to say. Do you want to go into the next game? Uh, do you want to talk overtime? Sure, let's talk about the overtime. Yeah, I think the big thing was is, uh, remember a few weeks ago when uh, Guy Boucher quote-unquote put, put the best line on? <sighs> yes. He learned. Guess who was on the ice for that entire overtime? Mark Stone? And Eric Carlson? Eric Carlson. The best players were on the ice, and they dismantled Colorado. Oh, I know. It was beautiful. Colorado didn't get a shot in overtime. Yeah. <laughs> and the and it was just end-to-end end to end great play, and Ottawa got a bunch of good looks. Like, I loved it. Oh, yeah, no, it was great. So, Tim, the second game we got to talk about tonight, the Colorado Avalanche versus the Ottawa Senators, once again at the Ericsson Globe in Stockholm, Sweden. Once again, 4-3 to three Senators overtime victory. Sens goals were scored by Mike Hoffman, who got the monkey off his back with two goals. Sends Twitter's whipping boy, Johnny Oduya, and Mark Stone. Avalanche goals are scored by Sven Andre Ghetto, who, personally, I feel I should really go out and buy his jersey now. It's an awesome name. Mm-hmm. Alex Kerfoot and Blake Como. Shots were 40-18 for the Ottawa Senators. Daniel Alfredson dropped the first puck. Did not wear a see-through shirt, which all the female fans were so disappointed. Same. And the one note I do got to mention... Mark Crawford's dad had passed away before the game had started. Colorado outplayed Ottawa in the first 10 with lots of pressure on Mike Condon, who got pulled after three goals, proving my theory that even if you have a Condon, sometimes you still got to pull out. Although the hard thing, though, is I think we have to credit the ice makers more than the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Because all of those goals were somehow influenced by a weird bounce. Like the Como shorthanded goal came off a weird bounce off a Dion Phaneuf pass. The oh, cur- believe me, we got some bad bad bounces to talk about. But yeah. I still got to do this. After that, Ottawa began to fight back and started outplaying Colorado, heading to the third, which led to the game winner late by Mike Hoffman. Yeah, like after the first 10 minutes, it was pretty clear domination by the Senators. It's anytime a team gets 40 shots, you know something. Like, something wasn't going right for the other team. Yeah. <clears throat> now, both teams did get into penalty trouble. Refs were not letting anything go in this game. Mm-hmm. Although, one thing that was pretty impressive was Ottawa did get four straight power plays. And that was just evidence of how strong the Senators were playing. They were jumping on every possible loose puck the Colorado Avalanche we're giving up and just stripping them in the in the neutral zone. Yeah, it's a shame Jonathan Bernie and Mike Condon couldn't do the same thing. Yeah. Both of them who I felt looked awful in this game. Although Craig Anderson did look pretty good though. For mm-hmm. what he got. Well Jonathan Bernier is just not a very good goalie. No, he's not. Especially that first goal. Like, sure, it was a weird bounce off the ice. Yeah. But you have to have the pipe sealed. 
Exactly. And I said that to a coworker of mine who's a goalie. And honestly, I told him I hadn't seen him play the puck that badly since he's been in Toronto. Yeah. The second one, there was a fifth goal scored by Cody Cece. However, it was called off due to goaltender interference. Yeah. It was definitely Tom Pyatt, definitely knocked Bernier. Mm -hmm. Although, Bernier's response on this beautiful stone goal of him just kind of falling over, I wasn't so sure after that. Yeah. Bernier falling forward might have just been Bernier goaltending. But uh, it was a great play all around, and uh, the fact that Cody Cece is getting better looks to the net and is activating himself better and able to skate and move the puck is... It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, like, like I said off the opening, we expected. Yeah, like I said off the opening, Mike Hoffman got the monkey off his back with his two goal game, including the game winner. Mark Stone also had a great game scoring with that beautiful backhand. Oh, that's that's dirty. And then oh, oh I know, was a freaking laser too. Mm-hmm. Like, drop back past the line, Oduya just slams it, and Bernier had no chance. No, he did not. Although, you have to admit, four goals on 40 shots is not a bad outing for Bernier, especially when the ice was, like, the ice was bad and the team in front of him was worse. Like, I think Bernier played a pretty good game. Mike Condon just got brutally unlucky. Like, the Andrew Ghetto goal, that was just the worst weirdest bounce like nine times out of ten when Dion Phaneuf does that the puck stays on the ground Phaneuf clears his own like that's just super unlucky oh absolutely although you can't really leave a goaltender in there like even if it's not his fault three goals on ten shots gets in your head like seriously I thought the Swedes would be able to make ice like if well, the NHL not. is going to be doing these excursions, they have to make sure things are being done right. Like, if you're trying to expand yeah, the game, you can't have just shit shows like that. Especially when the league is coming over trying to grow the game. Mm-hmm. And this game's... Co- we thought Friday's commentator was bad. This guy was worse. Yeah. He like, sounded like a real think- homer. Well, a homer, and I don't think he was really paying attention to the game. No, and here we were bitching about Bob Cole. Yeah, like at least Bob Cole's just old. Yeah, he's got an excuse. Yeah. One thing to note about the Hoffman goal was a beautiful setup by Matt Duchesne. Like, just a heads-up play to get that puck through the crease to an open Hoffman who wasn't going to miss twice. However, Matt Duchesne was not credited with the assist. No. But overall, I think Matt Duchesne played an awesome, awesome game. Yes, I thought so too. And uh, the first power play unit of Duchesne, Stone, Hoffman, Carlson, and... Who was the last player there? I can't remember. I can't remember, but uh, that's deadly. Oh, Broussard. Oh, right, Brazil. Like, that's a, that's a deadly power play unit. Well, Tim, I got nothing much more to say. I don't know. I think just, what are your general thoughts on these international games? Personally, I wouldn't have gone Colorado. 
I would have gone Pittsburgh or Chicago or one of the champions of the last several years. Yeah, or Tampa. Yeah, Tampa would have been a good one. Yeah, like Victor Hedman, you would have had like all-star defense matchup. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be Hedman and Strawman are both Swedish as well. And you would have had a division rivalry on top of it. Yeah, that is true, though. They are in our division, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like, Colorado was the wrong team to send because, like, they're not good and they got worse. Yeah. That's an did you know? Did you notice that they played Gerard both games? Yes. So I'm starting to think that uh, maybe Sackick thought he got his player pick prospect. And if that's the case, that really makes this trade look bad for Colorado. Oh, yeah. Because then their best prospect would have been Brower. If Gerard is the league player. Yeah. Yeah, overall, Well, Tim, you got think... anything more you want to talk about on these games? Uh, I don't know. Uh, not really. I think it's just uh, hopefully the Sens can acclimatize quickly back to North America in time for a fairly important week ahead. Absolutely. Well, Tim, that wraps up this week's episode. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash thirdlineplugsensecast. Because our bud Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. We are also on Twitter, at thirdlineplug is the show's Twitter. Tim is M901HoneyBadger. I am Great White Gipster, G-R-8-W-I-T-E, Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to give us some feedback, talk about the Swedish games, or... You want to talk about how you almost also got ran off the road by a shitty Chevy S10? You can shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. Now for the week ahead, Tim, we've got the rematch from last year's Eastern Conference Finals with, with the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday. And we also got to play the powerhouse Arizona Coyotes on Saturday. Hey, they have two wins. I know, that's why I called him a powerhouse. <laughs> I don't know. I always worry about those games, though, because they seem, they're like trap games. They're games you know you should win, but uh, teams always find a way to drop them. Yeah. So, Tim, do you got anything you want to say before we close up for another night? Um, no, I think all good. Alright. Well, guys... Until next week, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this is Tim Jensen. Go Sands, guys.